You're listening to the Vineyard Church's UK and Ireland podcast. The following talk was taken from our youth festival, Dreaming the Impossible, over the summer. Tickets for DTI 2023 are now available to buy, and you can either pay for the full ticket price up front or pay it in six instalments, helping to spread out the cost. Just head to dreamingtheimpossible.org to find out more. going yeah there was um a little bit of rain there were some guys that were playing football on the football pitch from eight o'clock this morning are you in here there they are I was like I got out I was like walking along I was like your commitment to football in this weather is exceptional gentlemen exceptional uh brilliant I think we're gonna have a lovely time as Susie said my name is Laura uh it is an absolute joy and delight to be with you and um This week, while you're here, I think Susie and Zeke were touching on this last night, we're looking at yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about that uh, this morning as I'm with you. Um, And I guess the way I'm going to do that is I want to like go big picture. I want to kind of look at a massive overview of yesterday, today, and forever, because those are, you know, pretty big things. Um, Because when I do that, I really enjoy it, because I kind of get an idea of where I sit in the middle of a really big picture. Um, something that not that many people know about me, actually. Susie knows it about me, because I send her countless pictures. But I, I'm really into history. Anybody else, like, love history? Oh, come on, friends. Yes, right. I love British history. I particularly love the Tudors. Does anybody get excited about the Tudors? Some of you guys are like, this person has her dog sleeping in someone else's bed and is like obsessed with the Tudors. Who have they let on this stage this morning? But I love it. And my husband, he's, he's not that great at buying me presents. Between you and I, he's got some work to do. But um, the other month, he bought me a present that I loved and it was a ruler. And uh, this ruler on the back of it, I know I'm, I'm not building like confidence in myself by sharing this with you, I'm very aware. Um, on the back of this ruler was like a list of all the kings and queens of England. And I just love it. I love sitting looking at this ruler. The other thing I love is love looking at world maps. Anybody else? I realise I'm not, I'm not cool saying this. Thank you, friends, you're with me. I love looking at world maps. I love looking at them and just going, this is where I sit in the middle of everything else. This is the big picture and how I fit in here. And that's a bit of what I want to do this morning. I promise I won't talk to you about the Tudors too much. But I do want to give us an idea of maybe where we sit in the big picture of who God is and what he's doing. Um, So, before we go there, I would love you guys to talk to each other. And I only really have one, two, perhaps maybe there's two rules in talking to each other. And that is, uh, let's all be nice to each other. And secondly, make sure no one's left out unless they want to be left out, and then don't try. If, like, if they're like, no, I'm fine, thanks. Just leave them be, it's okay. But let's try and be friends. So could you turn to the people around you and answer the question, if you had to think of one word to describe God, what would it be? Okay, people around you, if you I'm gonna give you like 20 seconds. If you had to think of one word to describe God, what would it be? Okay, like 10 more seconds, 
Lovely. Lovely jubbly. Right, can I, um, it's a big room, people. But if some of you could try and shout some stuff at me, I would try and get down to you. Oh, hang on. Undescribable, I've got down the front. I, thought, I heard a few things together and I thought I heard strangling between it. That isn't one. Um, what was the one that I just said down here? Forgiving, Forgiving indescribable. Any more? Love. Love. Kind. Peace. Everlasting. Almighty, omnipotent, well, lovely, great, you guys did it, fantastic. Okay, okay, we're good, we're good. If anyone did start strangling, by the way, you probably need to talk to someone after, just a thought. Now, there are all these words to describe who God is, okay? And I don't know what word, I know what word some of you guys came up with. Um, for some of you guys, you'll have said words. And so I want to, I want to come up with a, a second question to ask you, for, just for you to think about. How confident are you that God is that thing? How confident are you that God is love? How confident are you that God is kind? How confident are you that God is all-powerful? And are you willing to stake your life on that thing? Are you willing to put all your eggs in one basket and say, I'm gonna live this way because I know that God is good. In fact, are you willing to make your decisions every day based on the fact that you know that God is kind, that you know that God is love, that you know that God is faithful, and so you will do things and make decisions and live in a way that seems crazy to other people, but you're okay because you know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Are you willing to follow what Jesus says because you know who he is? So today, I wanna to talk about God being all good. And uh, you, might, you might have heard this phrase before, this phrase of living life between the trees. Lovely phrase. And what it means is, uh, right at the beginning of time in the Garden of Eden, we couldn't get a whole tree, so we're going with this, okay? Two trees, roll with me. I think in the Bible there were less roses, probably more fruit, but you get the gist. Uh, at the beginning of time, there was a tree, and the tree was in the middle of the garden, and God's presence was there, and God was good. And then at the end of time, we read in the book of Revelation about a second tree, a tree in the middle of a city, a tree of life, and God's presence is there, and God is good. And then right in the middle of history, we have the cross, and we see from the cross that God is good. And so we're going to do this massive overview together in the next few minutes of do we really confidently believe that God was good yesterday, he is good today, and he will be good forever. So, we, friends, are going to start right at the beginning, because that is a strong place to start. Uh, in Genesis 1, verse 1 to kind of four and a half, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. You see, God created this world, and he created this world good. You see, God only had the materials around him and in him to build this world. And so as he built this world and this planet and this universe and you, he built it with his goodness in it. 
stitched together with his goodness. And so as he looks at the world that he has made, he says, this is good because I am good. And everything I do, everything I create, because I am good, can only be good. And so in, chap- um, in Genesis 1.31, it says, then God looked over all that he had made and he saw that it was very good. And he looks at the natural overflow of who he is, all that he has made, this good God can only create good things. And as the fabric of God's goodness is stitched within the world that we live in even today, he says it is good. Because everything that comes from God can't help but be good. In a similar sense, uh, I am really messy. Is anyone else in here like, really messy. And feel free to point to someone else that you're sharing a tent with at this point. That's fine. Anyone else in this in really like bad? It's bad. Like you're embarrassed by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, friends. Yeah, right. Messy, messy. And you know, I, honestly, despite, despite being here now saying this on stage, I'm not proud that I'm messy. I just am. I can't help it. And what that means... What that means is that everything I do is messy. It's like the thing that annoys my husband most about me. And a lot of things annoy him, but this is like the main one. Like I walk into the house and he describes me as just getting my stuff and going, I just throw shoes, bags, coats. I walk up. Sometimes, I promise this is true, I've just left the milk in the middle of the hallway before because I forgot what I was doing partway through, put it down and walked off. Like I'm really messy. And that means that when I do things, the overflow of that is it's messy. When I cook, I'm really messy. When I um, try to organize things, it's still messy. When I think, my thought process is messy. When I try and be on time, I rarely am because even my timekeeping is messy. Unfortunately, messiness is really embedded in me and therefore everything that flows out of me is a little bit messy. But praise God, he is not like that. (laughs) God is good. And so everything he does, everything he touches, all his commandments, Everything he does, puts in your life and wants to do in you is good because God can't help but do good things. And you know what? He looks at you and says that you are good. And I feel like some of you need to hear that this morning. I know, I think this is kind of where we were talking a little bit last night as well, but God built you. He put you together. He, put, he made you in his image and his image is good. It doesn't matter what not good you have done, what not good you have been through, when God looks at you at the core of who you are, he says that you are good. Imagine that. Imagine if you really believed that. If you really believed that when someone got to know you, your darkest secrets, the things that you don't want anybody else to know, that what they would discover is that actually, you are good. And what if you really believe that about God? That he is good and only wants good things for you. What would you expect him to be doing in your life? How would you be with him if you believed 100% that he is good? How would your relationship with him change? When I was little, um, I had a, a little beanbag teddy and uh, I called it Rosie. And I must have bought it at some like, I don't know, something or another where people make things and sell them. And uh, it was this frog, and on the bottom it was pink, 
On the top, it was like black with flowers, and it had buttons for eyes, and it was full of beans. And um, I believed two things about Rosie. First of all, I believed that Rosie was magical. And I'm going to be honest with you, I believed this to quite an embarrassingly old age. The second thing I believed about Rosie is not only was she magical, but she was evil. I had an evil frog toy, and I believed it. <laughs> it's embarrassing to admit now I'm saying it out loud to all you guys. But um, I, what I would do is I'd put her in a room, and I'd leave her in the room, I'd go away, come back, and expect something bad to have happened. I genuinely believed that a lot of the things that were going on in the world and were going on in my friends' lives that were bad were all down to Rosie, the magical evil frog. And uh, I, I believed it to the point that I actually buried Rosie in like the furthest corner of my parents' attic under loads of other toys because I thought it's time that people didn't have to suffer Rosie's evil anymore. And I think to this day she is still there. Now, I realise that sounds completely ridiculous, that a frog, if you cut her open, she will be full of beans, is part of humanity's downfall. I understand it sounds ridiculous. She is not physically capable of that. But I wonder for how many of us, we believe things about God that he is just not capable of. We believe that God does not love us. He's not capable of not loving you. That he is somehow disappointed in you that he isn't actually powerful enough to change the situation you're in. Because when you cut God open, if you could, be very messy, but what you would see is goodness and love and kindness and peace and all-powerful nature. How many of us believe things about God that isn't actually true? God has always been good. He can't help but be good and he will always be good going forwards. And so yesterday... God was good. And so we go through time, we go through the Bible and we take steps through the Bible and and, and the whole of history and with every step, we see God's goodness again and again and again until we get to the cross, right in the middle of our story of humanity. And this is where God comes to earth in human form as Jesus. Uh, I'm totally going to spoil the ending of the story if you don't know it. It's a pretty good one. Um, But he comes to earth in human form, and unsurprisingly, everything that Jesus does is good. Right. This good God comes to to earth in human form, and everything that he does is good. And have you guys ever, um, you've you've poured yourself some squash, and you put some water in, you've gone to drink it, and gone, oh my gosh, this is double strength. And it feels like your head is about to fall off. Anybody ever made the double strength squash error? Yeah, yeah, right, a few people in the room I'm talk about. It's almost like Jesus is, double, this, this is not theologically sound, by the way, so please don't take this too far, but it's almost like Jesus is double squash strength in human form of God's goodness. Because what happens is God's goodness is packed inside one human being and it begins to interact with God's goodness that is stitched within the fabric of this world. And so we begin to see what it could look like if God's goodness really did flow through us. And so we see the hungry fed. We see the lonely befriended. We see people healed, forgiven. We see women given dignity and respect. We see foreigners and and people who are fleeing war, loved and accepted and cared for. We see people raised from the dead, 
And this is what it looks like when God's goodness is let loose in our lives. And if you don't know any of these stories, then if you look in the Bible and see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those books, uh, if, if you don't even know what that is, if you talk to your youth leader, they would love to show you. Have a read and see what good, God's goodness can do. And we see God's goodness play out into the world until Good Friday. And I always think Good Friday is like a really weird name for Good Friday. Like the Sunday is when Jesus raises light and comes back to dead, comes back from the dead, raises back to life. I get why that's an exciting thing. Good Friday doesn't feel very good for Jesus because that's when he dies. And we have the cross in the middle of the story, but it was not good for Jesus, but really good for us. And in that moment, all of the not good tries to win out. All of the not good that was released into the world right at the beginning near this first tree, it tries to win. The dark stuff, the painful stuff, the hurt, the disappointment, the rejection, the stuff that we battle against tries to win out. But the thing is that God is so good and so powerful that it can't help but come good in the end. And for some of you guys, you'll be here today, but in situations that are so difficult, so painful, so broken, that you would look at that and say, I don't see how this works out. I don't see how God is good in this. And I have been through and I have journeyed through people in those kinds of situations in the last couple of years. And what I would say is that God's goodness and God's power is so much stronger, even than the not good, that in the end, it cannot help but come good. And so, what about today? If yesterday God was good and, and we can look back and go, God is constant, God is good, what about today? Well, today, I believe that God is good. And I believe that for each of you sat in this room, no matter where you're at with him, whether you think he's an idiot, whether you think he's incredible, I believe that Jesus says to you, follow me. And the thing is, following Jesus is good stuff. It's not always easy, but it will make your life good. It will make the lives around you good and it will make this world very good, but it does involve cost. It involves laying a lot of stuff down. But the stuff that God asks you to walk away from, it actually makes really good sense. I wanna spend a couple of minutes talking about that. So I wanna spend a couple of minutes talking about, I guess applying, following Jesus in situations and issues that you guys might face day to day and how God's goodness might show itself in that thing. So I'm gonna need your help with this. Uh, have you guys got your phones with you? Or a number of you got your phones with you. If you've got your phone with you, all right. Um, can I just ask, first of all, if you've got like WhatsApp notifications, Insta, TikTok, whatever, let's not, go in, let's not go notifications right now. Let's stay in the room. But could you get your phone out if you've got it and just switch your torch on and point it at me so I can see? I'm just gonna do a little cough over here away. <coughs> now, that's amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, this is fun. Yeah. Right, great. Oh, lovely. For those of you near the front, if you look back, this looks awesome. Um, okay, cool, right. Oh, I've got a little concert going on there, woo! Okay, if you've not got a phone with you, what I'm gonna ask you to do is just have a chat, find someone who looks friendly with a phone and you can play with them. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna vote, okay? So I'm gonna say, 
two issues that it might be that you're kind of looking at or facing or you might kind of um, be facing. And I want you to vote on which of those two things I want, you want me to talk about for, just for a minute. So it's not going to be like an extensive deep dig into these things, but I just want to give you examples. So I'm going to do a trial one. So if you turn your torches off for you for a second, yeah, or just put your phones down. Some of you are much cleverer than me. That's easier, isn't it? Just cover it with your hand. Um, that's probably actually much easier. Um, okay, here's the first vote. Which is, the other things are going to be a bit deeper than this, by the way. Which is better, pick a mix or a chocolate bar? So I want you to have a conversation with the people around you. You've got 10 seconds to make a decision. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Okay? If you think that pick a mix is better than a chocolate bar, can you shine your torches at me now, please? <laughs> okay, torches down. And if you think chocolate is better than Pick-A-Mix, can you put your torch in? Guys, what are you on? Pick-A-Mix is clearly better. <laughs> chocolate wins, but you are not right. You're not. Pick-A-Mix is amazing. Okay, good. So we know how this is going to work, right? Okay. So, <coughs> how is following Jesus and God's goodness seen either in dealing with anger or dealing with low self-esteem? Anger or low self-esteem? Have a uh, quick chat with the people around you. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Okay, anger. Shine at me for anger. Okay, torches down. Low self-esteem. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Torches down. That was very much... Let's talk about low self-esteem just for a second. And just to say, I'm touching on this, so this is not an extensive anything. This is just me saying that God can be good in these things. You know, so often your low self-esteem or someone's low self-esteem comes from the not good things that other people have spoken over you or done to you. And those not good things dwell around you, they live in you, and they impact you and the impact of your view of who you are, a negative view of yourself, and you begin to believe the not good voices and the not good experiences, and you begin to believe that those things are true of you. And there will be people in this room, even right now, who deeply dislike who they are, and they torture themselves in comparison. If I was more, if I just looked, if I was more like that person, if I was less like this, then I would be seen as good. I would be good enough. But following Jesus says, you are good. Right now, just as you are in this moment, not because of who you are or who you aren't, but because God put his goodness in you. Your goodness is not actually anything to do with you. It is a gift that you have within you. And you're not good because of what others think of you but you're good because of what God says about you and what God has put in you. And I believe that Jesus asks us to follow him and lay down what you believe about yourself and maybe even put your brave pants on and believe that the truth that you believe about yourself being not good, just because you think it, doesn't mean it's true. I believe that God says, let me show you how I made you. I created you in my image I am good and I have made you as good and this starts with healing. If 
Following Jesus may not be easy, but it is good. It is good for you, it is good for others, and it is good for the world around you. Second thing, <clears throat> where is, how does God show his goodness in resolving poverty or climate change? Poverty, climate change, 10 seconds, 10, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, go. Poverty. Climate change. I think poverty just went out on that one. Okay. Okay. So it really breaks my heart to say this. But as we are sat here this morning, or stood here this morning in my case, extreme poverty is at its highest it has been in our world in 20 years. It has never been this bad in 20 years. And there are people in our country who cannot afford to eat. Food banks are absolutely pushed to their maximum because they can't, they can't cope with the need, even in our nation. It's bad. And what makes me really mad is that there is enough to go round. There is enough resource. And following Jesus says, fight for those who can't fight for themselves. It may mean us laying something down in order that others can have. It may mean that if you have a job, if you have um, uh, like the equivalent of pocket money or, or money that you get each month, that you actually want to begin giving some of that away to people who need it more than you and even in this country can't afford to eat three meals a day. You know, God created this world good and he created this world with enough for everybody to survive, with a mandate for us to look after each other. And I wonder whether we need to look at laying down some of our privileges, our hoarding, our comfort, recognize the privilege that we have and begin to use our voice on behalf of those who can't speak for themselves. You know, following Jesus may not be easy, but it is good. It is good for you, it is good for others, and it is good for the world around you. Final thing, what does God's goodness look like in relationships? So friendships or romantic relationships? Okay, friendships, romantic relationships, 10. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Friendships. Okay, romantic relationships. We've gone friendships, people. We've gone friendships. Okay, here we go. Lots of us in this room are highly connected. You guys in your generation know more people or are connected to more people than ever has been before in humanity. And yet, if we were to do a poll in this room, I reckon an incredibly high percentage would say that you are deeply lonely. I think if I said to you, how many of the people do you spend time with do you actually trust? It would actually be very, very low numbers. There's a guy who's much wiser than I am that says, show me your friends and I will show you your future. I love that. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. You see, we spend time with people that we don't necessarily like, want to be like. We feel desperately lonely. And yet we are desperate for friends. Following Jesus says in Proverbs 27 verse 9, sweet friendships refresh the soul and awaken our hearts with joy. It also says in 1 Corinthians, bad company corrupts good character. And I wonder, the people that you spend time with, 
Which of those two things is most true? I wonder whether for some of us, God wants us to start laying some stuff down in our friendship groups, putting down some good, strong boundaries, maybe even taking a step away from the people in our lives that we actually know are not good for us. They do not bring God's goodness out in us. And that does not mean that God doesn't love them, but it may well be not the people that God is calling you to shape your future. And that's a huge ask. And so following God and following Jesus may not be easy, but it is good. It is good for you, it is good for those around you, and it is very good for our world. God says, follow me, I am good. I know what is good for you, I want good things for you, but following a good God will cost you. And in all of this, what is Jesus doing? (laughs) As he like died on the cross, you know, did that whole died and come back to life again thing, and we're left here now today trying to follow Jesus the best we can, what's he doing? In Romans 8, 34 and 35, it says, who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us, was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. What is God doing today? What is Jesus doing today? He's doing good things. As we battle some of this stuff, he is praying for you. He is sat right next to God, cheering you on and fighting for you. In verse 35, can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble, calamity, are persecuted, hungry, destitute, in danger, threatened with death? No. Regardless of what we go through, God loves you and God is good. In James 1, 17, it says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. It's taken me to being quite old to realize if God is asking you to walk away from something, it probably means that that thing is not good. God does not want it for your life. If God does not want it for your life, it means it isn't good for your life. And so yesterday God was good. Today God is good. And forever, God will be good. In Revelation 21 verse seven, it says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. And I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his God. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. And then he said, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, from the cross, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the waters of life and all who are victorious will inherit those blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. I don't know what you've been through in the last few years. I don't know what you're going through now. But as I look at our world, I see financial crisis, I see world wars, I see pandemics, I see poverty, I see brokenness and hurting and pain. I know that I can trust a God that is good. And knowing that this is how it ends feels good to me. He created you good 
for good, to do good in a good world, to share good news, for you to be a part of making your world very good. And you know what, sometimes things don't feel good. And in those moments, I have to cling to the truth that God, yesterday, God was good. Today, God is good. And forever, God will be good. And he will weave his goodness in whatever horrendous, not good situation that you feel like you're in now. And as he calls you to lay down the not good stuff that you've gotten involved in and follow his goodness, he'll be in that with you too. And so I want to ask you, how confident are you that God is good? Are you willing to stake your life on it? Are you willing to put so much into that basket that the choices that you make day in, day out, rely on, on, on like fall or succeed on the fact that God is good? that you walk away from the things that your friends are doing, that we walk away from the things that seem to make sense to other people. You let go of unforgiveness, let go of anger, let go of rage, because you know that there is a God who is good that loves you, who only wants good things for you, and when you give him all of your future, will weave his goodness through it.